we are all worthy of feeling true happiness and joy and health within ourselves um, and honoring that and celebrating that because we got here, we're here once. I mean, let's make the most of it. I'm Kristen Dobniak, holistic nutritionist and mama of two, and this is the Healthy Balance Mama podcast, where I believe every mama is a super mama, and you deserve to feel like one too, and you don't need to go on another diet to do it. This is a podcast about ditching the diet dogma, embracing intuitive eating, real food, and living healthy, happy, and whole. Hey there, friends. It's Kristen Dovniak back for another episode of the Healthy Balance Mama podcast, and I could not be more excited to have this guest on with me today. Janelle Laredo is a holistic health coach and yoga teacher specializing in holistic nutrition and health, stress management, and mindfulness. She helps women better manage their stress, switch up the story in their minds, and take control of their lives by empowering them to adopt simple daily self-care practices through her three pillars of wellness, mindfulness, movement, and nourishment. A corporate career dropout, she's now devoted to a life of service and teaching. She is a certified 200-hour yoga teacher through the Yoga Alliance and a certified integrated nutrition health coach through the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. Born and raised in Rhode Island, she's in love with the beach and the small town vibes throughout the state. She's married to Kyle and looks forward to having children in the near future. Janelle, I am so thrilled to have you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm psyched to be here. So before we dig in, I feel like I need to share with my guests, or you're my guest, with my listeners, how we originally know each other and how we reconnected, yes. because it's just, it's so cool. And like the way that God, the universe, whatever, you know, our listeners believe in, it's just so cool. <laughs> so, so divinely orchestrated, right? for sure. Totally. So Janelle and I actually went to high school together. Um, I think we were a year apart in, mm-hmm. in grades. Um, and I knew of Janelle, I knew who you were, um, and I think we had some mutual friends, but we didn't really know each other too well. I know you were a basketball player and I didn't really, I didn't do very many sports um, other than lacrosse, which I did a podcast a couple weeks ago talking about like my fitness journey and I didn't really play. I was just on the team. (laughs) Um, But it's so crazy because when we did reconnect and we were chatting about our past, I think we have so many similar struggles. And to think that we were living in like literally the same tiny little beach town and we were going through a lot of the same things and it took a decade for us to really connect. Um, so flash forward to January of this year. Um, and so this is funny, I've never told you this before. So we're setting up for this wellness event in what is now my hometown um, and we're now home city, I guess. I'm just over the bridge from where we grew up and I saw you, Janelle, and I was trying to place you because I'm like, I know her. I know her face. I feel like we went to school together. Um, And I remember, and I was like, oh my gosh, I know who she is. And so I texted my husband and I was like, there's this basketball player I went to school with and she's here and she's a health coach too. And he, because I saw your little sign and he was like, I think he was trying to encourage me because I think he was, I was like, oh my gosh, there's another health coach here. I'm like, it's a wellness event. Like there's going to be other health coaches here. And he goes, is she serving delicious power balls? And I was like, yes, yeah, she is. <laughs> it's so funny. That's amazing. And so I was like, oh, I've got to go up and say hi. But then he comes with my, like, it was busy in the morning. And then he comes with my kids. And I was like, I felt so awkward. I thought it would be so weird to, like, come over with my kids. But then you came over and said hello. And the rest is history, I yeah. guess. <laughs> and likewise, at first, I, when I saw you, I it was similarly, I was like, I know her, but I couldn't, I couldn't put a, a face, I couldn't place you to how I knew you. And then it dawned on me and then we started talking and then, yeah, the rest is history. <laughs> it's so it's, funny. And it's, it's really, it's really cool how it, how it all worked out. And I'm so, I'm so glad to have you here and sharing your story um, with my listeners. So I already shared your bio, um, and it's an amazing bio, um, but I'm wondering if you can share more with my listeners about the story of how you got to where you are today, a self-proclaimed corporate career dropout to health coaching and yoga teaching and the space you're in now. Yeah. So I guess I'd say my journey starts in high school when I am playing all the sports. Like you said, I played basketball and soccer, and I was just really involved in school activities. 
and I loved life for the most part, but I would find um, episodes, if you will, of like what I later learned was anxiety and definitely depression. Um, and, you know, at that, in hindsight now, looking back, I'm like, well, many of us, I think at that age are coming to who we are and kind of exploring different ideas and stuff. But, you know, um, I was just so immersed in like school and my friends and activities that I just wouldn't allow myself to really like feel my feelings. And, um, so in high school when, so anxiety started, depression started, and that was what triggered it was, um, the first like loss of a family member or a close person, which was my grandfather. Um, and I didn't know how to cope with that paired with some unhealthy relationships, um, paired with, not knowing how to, you know, deal with anything. And so what, how I learned to deal with things was through food. Um, I've always been obsessed with food. I love food. I'm a foodie, but, um, I developed what I now realize and recognize as a disordered eating. And it was, it started that my anxiety was so bad. I lost my appetite and, Um, so I would just basically like graze or snack all day and maybe have like one meal. And if it was anything, it was dinner and keep in mind, I was an athlete. So I like needed to, uh, nourish, but I just couldn't keep food down. And so I lost like 15 pounds pretty quickly and it had dawned on me like, Oh, okay. I can control how I eat and I can monitor my weight in certain ways. And so it wasn't something that I was like consciously like doing of like, okay, I'm not going to eat and I'm going to lose weight. What ended up happening was as I started dealing with my anxiety, I started seeking a therapist. Um, one of the best decisions I've ever made and, um, working through some triggers and traumas and emotional um, moments in my life, I started going down this rabbit hole of binge eating and it would pretty much be anything, mostly like quote unquote junk food or bad foods or a lot of pastas and pizzas and ice creams. And, um, and that just continued up until off and on, I'd say, um, within the past couple months. Um, And so while I have now learned how to better manage my anxiety, it's taken a lot of work. So like I said before, I started going to therapy and my therapist alongside with um, a mentor I had at the time uh, introduced me to yoga. They were like, I think you should try this. It might be a little helpful for you. Um, and my mentor at the time was a personal trainer. I thought I wanted to go like down that route. And it's funny cause full circle, I'm like kind of here now. But, um, so I started practicing yoga and nothing like too serious, probably like once a week, I think. And then it continued through college and, um, it, pra- my practice continued where I really enjoyed it, but I wasn't like committed to it. Um, and so then my anxiety continued with the stressors and the partying of college and the binge eating continued, but I, I was super aware of it, but I was like, I used to tell myself like I control this and my mind was just like, so kind of clouded, I guess. Um, and so I'm, I'm trying to think of like how I've even, okay. So yoga, I realized was like my soundboard was like the place where I could like really let go and melt into my feelings and like be okay with it. The amount of times I would cry in yoga, the amount of times I would physically feel emotional or mental release. And it just like, just would make me feel so good. So, uh, 
now I'm in corporate, uh, which even my job wasn't like your traditional corporate. It was very, um, I worked at Alex Nani and it was like so, so, so fun. It was actually the, I started interning there in college and just continued and the vibe and the energy there was everything I had wanted. And, um, but I was very stressed out. And so I, sought out yoga teacher training. And during that experience, I really started to unravel who I was as a person. And I started seeing different areas of my life that just didn't actually align with who I am and maybe some of my values or philosophies in life. And I just started questioning a lot, like, what is my purpose here? What am I doing? What brings me joy? Um, And I started looking around and seeing like, what, you know, what am I doing? Um, What are my passions? And I realized, like, I love connecting with people. I love feeling good. I love, and I realized I love helping other people feel good. So what started happening was like that, like osmosis effect of like, you surround yourself with like-minded people or energy. So people just started coming to me for different things, um, questions or whatever advice, or just as a soundboard, as a confidant. Um, and then I got super interested and maybe a little obsessed, I'd say with food and nutrition side of it. So, um, I was still dealing with binge eating and not knowing how to deal with it. And I, and I think you know, in hindsight now, I think part of the reason I enrolled in Institute for Integrative Nutrition was to maybe give me the answers of like how to break those habits. And while we, they certainly, the program touches on that, um, it provides you with tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of different dietary theories and philosophies and, um, everything, all the things. (laughs) And, Um, I became a little obsessive with foods that are good versus bad. And, and it actually ended up just, um, kind of damaging or fueling the fire of my binge eating. Um, and so then I became a health coach and within actually two months of the health coaching program, one of the modules, video modules we listened to was by Mastin Kip, who I can't remember what his business is called, but it's something along the lines of like the daily happiness. And essentially, um, he asked this one question and it was one of those pinnacle moments of my life where I was like, yes, okay, I got this. And he asked like, what are you most fearful of? If you were to do that thing, would you die? And at that point I was like, I knew I wanted to make the leap from my nine to five corporate job, but I didn't know what the hell I wanted to do. Um, at this time I had started teaching yoga. I was, you know, two months into my health coaching certification, but I was like, you know, what am I going to do? And I just prayed and asked for all the signs and for guidance. And I heard that and I was like, okay, this is it. And I took the leap. And that was 18 months ago. And life has just catapulted ever since. It's actually unbelievable. Um, And so I know that there's a few different storylines within this long winded explanation, but um, fast forward to right now. So in the past couple of months where we reconnected, um, you and I, Kristen is I reached out to you because I wanted your assistance and help with having this long lasting food freedom. Um, I love, and have always, and since we've reconnected valued your approach and intuitive eating. And, um, it's something that I had yearned for. Um, I knew, knew mentally how to do it. Right. But like we all need coaches and we all need teachers to be totally. the best versions of ourselves. So, um, yeah, you, we work together and I can 
And I can confidently say with so much joy and love that I am on the other side. I haven't had a binge episode in three months. Um, granted, of course, I'm, I'm well aware that this is I'm early into my journey and there may be a time where that happens. But why I teach and practice simple daily self-care practices is to help manage my anxiety, manage my emotions, and kind of prevent um, those types of episodes or and just sustain my happiness and health. So that was a very long-winded story for you, but I hope it kind of provides a little bit more context of who I am and how I've gotten here. Totally. And oh my gosh, I had to I muted myself for a second. So I'm like nodding along with everything, but I didn't want to respond because I had outside my building there um, doing the lawns. So I didn't want to, I wanted them to be able to hear you. Um, but oh my gosh, I, so, I mean, we've talked through your, your story so much. I know as we've worked together and, um, and thank you so much for, for sharing our journey and working together as well. Um, because it's been so incredible to see how, how far you've come, even in just a few months. Um, but I think that what you touched on right at the end, that managing your anxiety and your stress and how that really related to your binge eating and how Mm -hmm. like when you were doing your health coaching training, you learn so much and the information is so valuable because I'm so huge on pairing intuitive eating with healthful eating and learning how to really Mm -hmm. truly nourish our bodies because like you, I want women to feel good. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that there is a a huge misconception in, you know, parts of the intuitive eating world, not not with everyone, but that, you know, intuitive eating means, well, then we just eat all the cake and we don't nourish our bodies anymore. But there is that, that what I call that beautiful balance, right, of nourishing our bodies. But it can be really overwhelming when you're learning all of these things about health and you just want to apply all of them. And it can almost bring back that stress and that anxiety again over just, especially I think that, you know, that achiever type personality where you're like, I want to be the best I can be. I want to be the best version of myself. And sometimes we fall into trying to be the best version of ourselves, and then end up being not the best version of ourself. Completely. (laughs) That I also would sometimes describe myself as a recovering perfectionist. And I, and, and I see that in, in that area of my life of like, I mean, I literally would have like notes upon notes in my cell phone of like, okay, eat this check. Don't eat this check. Like insanity. Yeah. I was totally there at all. (laughs) Yeah. And it really is all about learning to connect with yourself. And one of the reasons I think your story is so unique and your journey um, has been so rapid in really finding this freedom in food is because you already have these tools in place and you just learned how to apply these tools that you've learned over the years with your stress and your anxiety to recovering from binge eating and really truly finding this place of nourishing your body but not binging up feeling restricted because you are allowing yourself freedom with food so can you sort of share how managing your stress and your anxiety has really helped you in that journey to no longer binging and really finding that freedom with food? Yeah, so I feel so strongly that, and I know it's such a cliche, but just hear me out, everyone, (laughs) that we need to take care of ourselves to be the best version of ourselves in order to show up for the world and to take care of other people. So that is my whole philosophy. It's what I live and breathe, and I feel it on a day-to-day. So... Um, things like my three pillars of mindfulness, movement, and nourishment, like mindfulness in terms of what are your thoughts? How are you, um, seeing your thoughts? How are you talking to yourself? The, if I ever could record some of the conversations in my head of, uh, you know, some people will call it the the aunt in the ba- the aunt in the attic or something or whatever it is that that negative self talk it is embarrassing it's disgusting it's sad i would never ever ever talk to somebody else like that so one of my tools for managing that is through yoga and meditation and i know meditation can be very overwhelming to many people but for me it's very simply connected to my breath um and that is something that yoga has really taught me how to do is expand and breathe. Um, and 
then I have movement. So my whole life, I've always been an active person. Um, and I, I like to use the word movement over exercise because mm-hmm. I think exercise has this perception that um, it's a specific workout or a class or going to the gym. But movement could, to me, can embody a lot, all of that, but it can also be a walk. It could mm-hmm. also be a yoga class. It could be, um, you know, running around the house doing chores. I mean, <laughs> a lot of Just that moving your body, which I think so many people your, don't do enough. <laughs> completely. Moving your body, moving that energy. We know exercise is good for us, but, you know, it's shifting that perspective to, to just moving our bodies. And then thirdly, nourishment. Um, and I break the, I kind of break this into two parts. Um, one is food. So how we nourish ourselves with nutritious whole foods, um, and also nourish our souls. So that could Mm. be through relationships, friends and family, or it could also be through foods that just bring us comfort and joy and pleasure. And it could mean a salad or it could mean a bite of cake, whatever it is. Amen. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So I've really learned how to, I guess, just adopt these practices and tools over the years because I just have paid attention to what has worked for me and what I enjoy and I stick to it. Um, I'm always experimenting with different techniques, um, open to trying all different types of things, but I also like to emphasize that it doesn't have to be one hour class. It doesn't have to mm-hmm. be a 30 minute walk. It doesn't have to be in a night out with friends. Simple daily self-care practices could mean a one minute breath uh, meditation or something that you're hiding out in the bathroom from your friends and your family or your <laughs> children or whatever. It could mean reading a book for a few minutes. I mean, it's whatever, anything that brings you peace, joy, pleasure, maybe serenity. Um, and that kind of refills your cup. Mm -hmm. So sometimes that could be something that you want to feel more energized or something that makes you want to feel more grounded and relaxed. Yeah. I think that is so important that you pointed that out to that. And I, I talk about this all the time on social media. I use the hashtag simple self-care hashtag all the time just to remind people that it doesn't need to be, doesn't need to look a certain way when it comes to movement, when it comes to self-care. It really is just filling your cup so that you can pour out to other people. Um, and I love that. I am... And I think that um, just encouraging the women who are listening, and a lot of them are moms. You know, I am geared mostly towards moms, but not everyone who listens is a mom, but they're busy, right? We're Most of us are busy women. Most of us aren't, you know, <laughs> sitting around all day, hanging out with like hours to meditate. I mean, that would be wonderful. I would love a day just to meditate. <laughs> but most of us, that's not reality. So encouraging, you know, the woman listening that it's okay to just take a minute to breathe. Like how many of us really take time during the day to stop and just breathe. And that is something that I, you know, we've talked about in working together and I've worked a lot with with clients on is, you know, taking a breath before you eat or, you know, and taking a breath in the middle of eating because how often are we just like scarfing down our food because that's, you know, we only have five minutes to eat it. So just one breath isn't going to take you long. It's just taking that breath and taking that time for you throughout the day, even if it's only a couple minutes. So completely. And and something... Um, just this might be a reminder or a tip to some people listening, but even if you're working all day, where, how, whatever your job is, um, when you're in the bathroom, like take an extra 30 seconds to do three to five to 10 deep belly breaths, or mm. maybe it's a forward fold. And, uh, so you're stretching the back of your legs and your lower back. Or maybe if you want to get a little energy, maybe it's some quick jumping jacks or some push-ups on the wall. Like we can find these, we have pockets of time throughout our day. It's just having our mindset be open to using that time to re-energize in whichever way we need. Yes, that's so good. And I like that you pointed out too that 
self-care can be for energizing, but it can also be for grounding us too. Because I know that we all have those days where we need time to relax. And I think sometimes we think of self-care as like, oh, well, I need to relax my body. But sometimes self-care is doing something that will energize us as well, like doing some jumping jacks or or something like that, or just stretching our body when we're feeling tight from sitting in, you know, in one position for a long time, if we're working or holding a baby or, or whatever. It's funny, actually, last year, um, my I traveled with two friends to Kentucky for a mom conference. It was so fun, but it was it wasn't a crazy long trip, but it was a few hours. Like we had to go to the airport early and we were in, you know, we were sitting for lunch and we were sitting to wait for the flight. And as we were like in between the two um, airports, I was like, I want to do some yoga. So I, and I like went right down on the airport floor and did like a five minute flow. And my friend joined me and our other friend was taking pictures of us. She's like, you guys are gross. Like your hands are on the airport floor. I'm like, I'm going to wash them after. Yeah. (laughs) It was just what I needed in the middle of like, I don't mind traveling. I don't really mind flying, but it's always stressful, right? You're always like, oh my gosh, are they going to search my bags? Like, is, you know, is the ride going to be smooth? Is there going to be turbulence? So it's always a little bit kind of stressful. And I was sitting a lot. So just doing that little like five minutes of movement. And even though it was when I was traveling and when I was at an airport and people thought, I'm sure people thought I was crazy. I was like downward dogging in the terminal. Whatever. (laughs) Sometimes you you just need to stop, drop and do some yoga. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And even, even as a mom, you know, do it at the park with your kids, right? Or, you know, even if you're not a mom, right? If you're, you know, going for a walk and you're like, you know what, this walk is feeling really good, but I could use a little bit more energy. Or if you're at work and doing some push-ups against your desk. Yes. So, yeah, I love that. Um, actually, you know what? Speaking of yoga, because I, I haven't really talked a lot about, about yoga on the podcast before, but it's actually, it's actually a part of my journey as well. Um, and it was kind of around the time where, um, for me, I was looking for more gentle movement. I was sort of in recovery from my eating disorder, um, and I was trying to not run as much. And I was looking for more gentle movement. And I found so much more than gentle movement in yoga. I found, like, I really found techniques to to center myself. And I am that, if if the women listening can't tell, that, you know, ambitious, go, go, go kind of woman. And I was in the middle of school at the time. I was taking a huge course load of classes and putting a ton of pressure on myself and pretending that I wasn't, um, of course. Yeah. And... It really helped me to completely like clear my brain and and like you were saying process my emotions. I remember like the first time I had to stop in the middle of a yoga class like we were doing I don't even remember what pose we were doing but I was like I can't handle this emotionally and I just like went into child's pose and I just I needed a moment and I was like whoa like it was it was a really crazy experience. I'd never experienced I've always been a runner. I've always loved to to move my body as well but the combination of the gentle movement and and sometimes yoga classes are vigorous as well. Um, but overall, you know, it's a little bit more of a gentle movement on my body than say running would be. Um, and that sort of emotional release was really powerful and it has been throughout the years for me. So can you share how a little bit more about how yoga has played a role in your journey to finding this place of kind of holistic living. So, you know, Mm -hmm. body, mind, and soul. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm having, I'm having a moment because I don't even sometimes have the words to articulate Mm -hmm. like how much it's truly changed my life. Like simply it's connected me with who I am. And I know some people are, may, hear that and be like, well, haven't you always known who you are? Like you're Janelle, you blah, blah, blah. But I think that in yoga, we truly learn how to honor and honor the quietness in this space. So like you were saying, so ambitious, go, go, go. I'm the same, same, same way. And Yoga helps me ground, um, helps me clear my mind because I get out of my mind and into my body. Mm. Um, and if you physically actually, so I guess let me, let me try to explain this a different way. Our cells in our body hold on to emotion 
mm-hmm. holds on to memory. Um, and so a lot of poses in yoga are maybe not release a lot of emotion and memory, whether consciously or subconsciously. And I know in my personal experiences, 99% of the time, it's subconscious things that I can't even pinpoint that will just come up and are released. And so I leave with this elevated feeling of bliss. And I'm like, wow, it's like such a euphoric high. Um, There are, I don't think I'm going to go through this now, but there are many, many types of yoga too. And there's certain types of yoga that will bring me to this other place of like true, uh, high. Um, but essentially it has allowed me to be vulnerable. It's taught me that it's okay to, uh, maybe move my body in a way that sometimes society is like, mm, what are you, what are you doing? Um, it's allowed me to feel comfortable uh, crying in front of people, even if I'm in child's pose, nestled up on my mat. Um, it's given me permission to be me. Um, I don't know. It's like it's such a profound experience and it's such an honor for me to teach it because you know you never we never know who what people are dealing with um sometimes they may not even be aware of it and then um going onto your mat into a classroom setting just allows you to kind of like truly surrender and melt in and for me it didn't just can reconnect me with who I am and my soul. It's deepened and reconnected me to this higher purpose that, um, I call God. I also call it the universe, but, um, this greater sense of power that connects all of us, um, and gives me hope and faith and confidence in knowing what is and knowing, uh, who I am, I suppose. I don't know if that even answered. No, it's, it's so cool. And I think that, um, listeners who haven't, um, practiced and even, it might not even be yoga for them, but who haven't practiced a movement that helps them to reconnect with themselves and reconnect with their bodies. Um, I know that I have a lot of listeners and a lot of women that I work with who are afraid to move um, Mm. because they never have. They've never, it hasn't been a part of their life. Um, And then when they do, they feel this sense of, like I said, connection with their bodies, with themselves. And I think it can be really profound, whatever, whatever movement it is that they choose to do, whether it is yoga, which I think that just, oh my gosh, the power of, you know, holding some of the poses for the long time, for a long time. Sometimes like warrior two is the hardest pose if you're just, if you're holding it for, which if anyone doesn't know, it's one of the basic yoga poses, like in basic in in part of the sun salutation, not a certified yoga instructor. (laughs) Um, But I have been doing yoga for 15 years. So I I know a little bit, but don't ask me any of the, the, like the Sanskrit. Technical name, Sanskrit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, just the power in connecting to holding poses and being in your body and really having to, um, it is really hard to put into words <laughs> when yeah, you talk no. about like having to concentrate in a way that you might not have and any other time in your life um and you know kind of and feel your body and be connected to your body and I think so many of us are so disconnected from our body either by choice or by experience depending on everyone has a different past a different history and if we have um felt disconnected from our body I think that we can move further and further away from our body and I think that that can it can affect so many areas of our life it can affect our food and the way we eat it can it can affect our self-care if we're not connected with our body and we don't even realize that we could feel better than we feel now by moving, by eating in a way that nourishes us, by taking time to breathe and to meditate, um, if that makes sense to you. Yeah. <laughs> no, one thing I want to add that you said 
and I just want to add on to is it allows us to, when you said we hold poses for a little longer, some classes mm-hmm. do, some don't, mm-hmm. but it, when we do hold them, we, it can get incredibly uncomfortable, not mm-hmm. just physically, but mentally, because you're like, okay, this is hard. Like I need to move. I'm used to moving my body. I'm not used to sitting with my thoughts. Mm-hmm. I'm not used to feeling this feeling. And that carries me off of the mat now when I start to feel anxious. I'm like, no, it's okay. Okay. I'm aware that I'm feeling very, very anxious right now. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to connect with my breath. I'm going to take a couple deep breaths because I know that that physiologically reduces cortisol, Mm -hmm. increases testosterone. And then I just remind myself I'm safe. It's okay. So, so taking those lessons on the mat and applying it in our daily life like that, um, that's what has completely changed the way that I handle my anxiety now. And furthermore, now my relationship with food. So as you said too, like taking a few deep breaths before eating, taking a few deep breaths while eating, putting down the phone when eating, Mm -hmm. like just how do we relearn how to connect with ourselves and, and be, feel comfortable with maybe sometimes feeling uncomfortable. Yes. Oh, I'm so glad you said that because I think so many of us really, no one likes the feeling of being uncomfortable, but I think when we go to that place of being uncomfortable, of doing the uncomfortable thing, that's when the most growth happens. That's when we can really change and transform in whatever area it is we're trying to change in our lives, whether it be finding freedom with food or moving more or taking care of ourselves more to control things like, not control, but to manage things like anxiety Mm -hmm. and stress Mm -hmm. in our lives. Mm So speaking of anxiety, and I know we've already talked about this a lot in terms of yoga, um, but can you share what anxiety looked like for you in the past, maybe back as far as high school or college? um, And what are the daily techniques that you use now to manage your anxiety for the woman who's like, I'm struggling and I just don't even know where to start? Yeah, totally. Um, So... The first time I was able to pinpoint that it was anxiety. So in high school, it was more, uh, it was anxiety, but uh, my psychiatrist didn't diagnose me that way. I was diagnosed with more depression and I was on medication. And um, then a couple years went by and I woke up in the middle of the night with a full-blown panic attack. And for anybody who hasn't experienced that, if I literally legitimately thought I was having a heart attack mm. and I was trying to yell for Kyle, who's my now husband, boyfriend at the time. Um, and I, and it was in the middle of the night and I couldn't actually articulate anything. Mm. Um, and so it passed And I said to him, I think I just had a panic attack. Um, And so the next day I I sought out a new uh, therapist at the time. I immediately started going back on medications. And I started immediately diving deeper into my yoga practice and, and, you know, going through all the different elements of my life of things I needed to heal. Um, And so ultimately I saw that therapist for, uh, probably three years and I was able to develop, you know, different tools and wean myself off of medication. And a lot of the tools I developed at that time, I wasn't necessarily, super aware that they were tools. It was mainly like just finding joy with myself again um, and managing my stress at my job because that was like my big thing at the time. Fast forward to now. So this is it's ironic that we're having this conversation today because this particular week I've had a ton of anxiety. So it's, mm. it's very, it's, it's good that I'm able to, to talk about this right now. 
um, because what actually does help me. So I'm not on any medication. I'm actually not even seeing a therapist at the moment. Um, because I've kind of done all that. I already know what my things are, you know, and I'm <laughs> continuously healing and we're continuously growing. But, um, I, within the last two weeks, I've barely even told a few people, but I've actually had two minor panic attacks. And, um, one of them happened to be when I was driving. And so I was aware that it was coming on. And so I pulled over and I breathed and I, I, I remind myself that I'm safe and I'm okay. And I always carry some like essential oils with me. So I kind of roll them on my wrist, take a few deep breaths. Um, and within a couple minutes it passes. Um, and so I know I keep saying breathe, but it really is so profound. It, It literally changes the biochemistry and our bodies. Um, so that's a big one for me. Like I just said, essential oils, um, whether they're diffused or I do like to apply them topically. Um, and again, that deepens the breath, mm-hmm. right? It also enters the bloodstream through the skin. And so it can help you there too. But um, a third thing that really helps me is CBD. And mm. um, fortunately now it's like a lot more, it's accepted, it's regulated, it's out there, thank God. Um, but I take it, um, through oil. So, um, I'll put a few droplets under my tongue, um, every night before I go to bed and depending on how I'm feeling during the day, um, I'll take some, um, just to feel calmer. Mm. Um, and then movement. Um, if I don't move, I, I literally feel like I go stir crazy and don't get me wrong. It's not like I'm doing, um, bar classes every day or going to a hot power yoga class every day. Um, simple, light, deep stretches for me really get me super grounded. Um, so more of if you're into yoga, it's kind of more of like a restorative practice, but it's simply just, I just will lay on the living room floor and just start like honestly tuning into what feels good in my body. And it's usually something in my shoulders and in my hips. Cause that's where I personally hold a lot of emotion and stress. Um, and then my last tip that, um, really helps me with my anxiety is processing my thoughts and emotions by writing And so that is either journaling with an actual pen and paper, um, or it's writing out, um, an Instagram caption or a blog post, or just writing out something on my computer for, to share later on. Um, writing for me really allows me to get my thoughts and feelings out of my body and into something else on paper, in the technology world, whatever, um, and that's always been something that I've always gone back to. I started that actually in high school. Um, it's not something I uh, will always like share what I'm actually journaling and I, journaling, and barely do I like go back to read my excerpts. But m- most of the time, it's as simple as, "What am I grateful for right now?" Mm-hmm. Um, what brings me joy. Um, or sometimes it's my, the endless list of to do's that won't stop running in my head, you know, like, um, anything that I have to get out, but having that perspective on gratitude, um, has dramatically, um, dramatically rather opened my eyes and shifted my mindset into a place of peace rather than, um, fear. I'm so glad you brought that up. That is something that I talk with my clients a lot about and we haven't really touched on on the podcast is I know that, you know, I think we have this idea in our head or a lot of us have this idea. I've always been a journaler. We have this idea in our head that journaling needs to be like dear diary and writing like four pages (laughs) of, you know, everything, your hopes and your dreams and all of your emotions that you've ever experienced in your entire life. But it can be as simple as, I'm feeling this right now. Mm -hmm. And 
even though I'm feeling this, I am grateful for this, this, and this, or just reminders mm-hmm. that this thing brings me joy. I think there is so much power in, for me, it's pen and paper. I'm totally a pen and paper girl. I write a lot on my computer, but I'm definitely pen and paper. And that's why I always send a notebook out to my clients. I'm like, Ooh, even if I you love. just write it for to-do lists, at least do a gratitude yes. list in there too. Um, and I think there's so much power in daily reminding ourselves what we're grateful for because even if we are in the toughest season of our life there's always something to be grateful for so I appreciate you sharing that so much completely and for anybody listening if they're like if they are maybe feeling a little sad or anxious or whatever just off balance and maybe there's something going on in your life there is gratitude. I promise you there's something to be seen in that. You can even go on my website and read about um, a traumatic story I experienced in the past couple months of my miscarriage. Mm -hmm. And in my blog post, I listed out things that I was grateful for, even though it was like such a sad experience for me. There was so many things I was grateful for. So, um, just rem- just remember that even in the darkest of times, and yes, things are going to suck, things are going to happen. It is life. It's a part mm-hmm. of life. But there is that glimmer of light somewhere, even if it just gives you that glimmer of light and hope for a split second. You can go back to feeling sucky and, and sad, but but coming back to that glimmer of light and doing that every day or as often as you can mm-hmm. will dramatically shift the, your perspective on life. I guarantee yeah. it. And the research is showing it now. It's yeah. so powerful oh, that so like much. we, there's so much research so going much. on right now, just the power of gratitude. And mm-hmm. it can start with, I am so grateful I'm alive because you are alive. I, right. I <laughs> you can start with that. Yes. Yeah. Like, thank you, God. I am here again. Like, yes. I love this Thank life. you for this day. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I love that. Uh, so, oh, so many good things. And I will link to that blog post of yours too, because I think your, your story is, is so powerful. And I think if we go into it too much, I think we'll be here for another hour, <laughs> but I love <laughs> that you find, you found gratitude and, you know, and, joyfulness out of such a hard situation. I know a lot of the women who are listening have also experienced, so I will totally link to that because I would love for them to read that as well. Um, So we've already talked about so many of the things I wanted to chat with you about, and I love that. I think the last thing I really um, want to ask you about, um, or one of the last things I want to ask you about, is... When you are in these busier seasons, as a lot of us are, um, you already talked about some some of your like daily techniques that you use for anxiety, and I am all for everything that you shared. Um, is there any anything that you do to stay grounded in your busier season? So you're like you know that you're going into a season that's busier than maybe a different time of the year. Um, is there anything that you do to sort of prep yourself for the busier seasons or when you realize you're in the midst of a busy season and you might maybe didn't expect yourself to be other than breathing, which is obviously the most important thing? Yeah. <laughs> um, two things come to mind for me. Um, and actually it's happening right now. Like I am feeling, and I think that's why my anxiety has been pretty high this week. Um, I'm just feeling very, I'm feeling very anxious and I'm, and we're coming up to summer, which is like so awesome. It's, you know, it's the best, especially around here. But, um, so I've been, I've been yearning for, and I can, and I like to fill up my energy even more with community. And so that mm-hmm. usually looks like some sort of event or retreat or, um, but something in like the wellness sphere. So, or actually it could also mean like a concert. So I take that back. Actually, it could be anything that is, that brings me joy. So whatever that Mm. nourishment is for me right now, because I'm so anxious, I need more grounding. Mm -hmm. So for example, this weekend I'm going to like a full moon women's circle event. Um, and I'm psyched about it. And so I'm anticipating and I'm pretty certain that that will bring me like a really good sense of peace and grounding, um, and help balance out my big anxiety right now. Um, the other thing that comes to mind, which I am 
trying to get a lot better at. I'm very guilty of not doing this, but it's really one of my intentions is to actually take days off, like mm-hmm. multiple days in a row off of everything. Um, it doesn't have to mean a vacation. It could just mean mm-hmm. a staycation or it could just mean that I lay on the couch or whatever that whatever that self-care is that I need for like a couple days um, because as somebody similarly to you who's running around, ambitious, doing all the things, um, I need more, I need to have time for myself where I'm just quiet and relaxed and uh, regrounded, truthfully. Yeah, I am such a huge advocate for taking a step back and taking that time away when you need it and that there's nothing selfish about self-care and taking days off and recognizing that. I know that it's hard for, you know, some women who might not have a job who will allow them multiple days off or for moms who have a hard time leaving their kids with someone else. Um, But as much as you can, even if it's a few hours or a couple days, like my husband and I are going up to Vermont for the weekend and we're staying in a tiny home in the middle of the woods. Um, and it's going to be so so nice. (laughs) We're actually running a 5k on, um, the Saturday, um, and going to a craft brew festival because that's like my husband's favorite thing ever. And then we're going hiking and just spending some time in the woods on Sunday. And it's, I know I'm shutting off social media entirely. Um, it's just going to be a couple days completely away and I don't feel guilty about it anymore in my early like um I guess years I'm like oh gosh how long have I been a mom in my early years of motherhood especially um and especially in my early days of my career even before I was a mom I would not take a single day off because I was like well I need to build this business or Mm -hmm. I need to take care of my kid I'm not a good mom if I take a couple days off (laughs) but I learned the value and I advocate for that so much of taking that time for you taking that time away because no matter what you do you'll be better for like we've been saying for the people around you if you do take that time and I saw I love that. I love that you touched on that. In the busiest seasons, take time off. It seems so counterintuitive, but it really is, I think, the most important thing. Totally. And this might sound like a little woohoo for a second, but if you just think about the way that we uh, are, have evolved or, you know, any sort of animal or human, like we, we sleep at night. Like that's mm-hmm. our, that's our rest, our daily rest. So if we don't have more of these bigger opportunities for, uh, I guess intentional rest, mm-hmm. then we're just going to, we're just going to run on empty and you, you know, as best as anybody, like mm-hmm. our bodies then will just start to shut down. Yeah. Totally. It's so important. I love that you called it intentional rest. It's so important. So speaking of rest, actually, this was really good to lead into our our next question. And um, we just have two more for you, I promise. (laughs) So you recently went through recovery from a very minor surgery, um, which obviously meant extra rest and time off. And for, like we've been talking about, an ambitious go-getter, doing all the things kind of woman, how did this change your perspective on rest? So it was, um, one of those reminders that like, I need to proactively schedule more. I'm even using the word schedule, but truthfully schedule, um, days for rest and for shutting off and for me. Um, so I had minor foot surgeries, which, which forced me to not walk. It was my driving foot, my right foot. So I couldn't drive. I had to rely on others. Um, I got very comfortable with, um, being home for very long periods of time and being home like alone for long periods of time. Um, which is something I haven't done. I don't think in my entire life really. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was that wake up call of when things happen in life. So it happened to be just the way that the God and the universe work. Um, 
I had scheduled this foot surgery for February. As a matter of fact, today's officially three months now that I'm realizing it. Um, For February, and my miscarriage was in December. Mm -hmm. And obviously, I didn't plan for a miscarriage. I didn't even plan for a pregnancy. Mm -hmm. But the way that the universe worked was that I had surgery, which forced me to stay grounded and not walk and stay home. And that allowed me and forced me to actually process the emotions and the feelings and the thoughts of my miscarriage. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, knowing myself, I would not have allowed, I would not have given myself the true time I needed to process after the miscarriage. Mm -hmm. Like I, during the miscarriage time, I definitely took a few days, of -hmm. course, but my surgery um, reminded me that sometimes there's no schedule for rest like that. Um, sometimes we just need to, if we're able to, and I know I'm so fortunate and blessed that I was able to do this. Um, but I was able to kind of just have like a quote unquote staycation for as long as I wanted to, mm-hmm. as, long as I needed to. Um, and so it w- was probably so recovering from surgery like that it was probably a couple weeks until I was like back into my normal schedule um but I still wasn't able to drive for several months um and so it just taught me that we it we do need to slow down we do need to Mm -hmm. rest we do need to to be okay with rest I think especially here in America and our society in general, the Northeast, even more so it's like, go, 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 create, create, create. If you're not, if you're not selling, if you're not doing, you're not successful. But I think, I think resting can, can also help us redefine what success means. And Mm -hmm. if, if we're, if we're resting like that and, and we're nourishing, our minds and our bodies and our souls this way, um, we then go back feeling like super invigorated and creative and alive again. Um, yeah, it really, I also think, or I know, um, think thankfully, thank God that my mindset has shifted to this place of, faith, trust, and joy rather than fear because I was like totally cool, calm, and collected post-surgery. In the past, if this was Janelle five, ten years ago, I would have been miserable. I would have fallen Mm. back into a depression. I just, I know I would have been in a hole. Um, And so I attribute that mindset to these daily practices that I've been able to provide myself and, and the commitment of, of just feeling good. Um, so that when these events come up, I'm able to, to be resilient and deal with them. I love how you brought that all back together. I think that there is so much value in, in taking, taking that rest, even if it's forced rest. I think sometimes God does that and forces us to take a rest. Um, sometimes because we do, we need to process things and, I'm really glad you brought that up too, because there is such value in processing our emotions. And I really don't think that we can move forward in our lives. If And sometimes, like you said before, we don't even, like in yoga, sometimes we don't even know that we have something to process. But if you've had something big happen in your life, chances are you need to process it. And a lot of us tend to just push these things away. Yeah. And then when something happens, if we're in a really great place, I mean, surgery obviously isn't great, but you were in that place where you really could process through it. And I think this is, it's a good message for women that sometimes we need to ask for help and ask for time to process. And even if it's not something forced like time off from a surgery, but if you need to process emotions, whether it's with a therapist, I'm all for therapy or with a friend or just time by yourself to experience those emotions and process through, I really think that's where, that's where we start. We start moving forward in our lives. Completely. And asking for help is such a valuable 
I would have to use the word skill, I guess. I yeah. think we're just at that place now where it's a skill that we need to feel confident and insecure in ourselves that like we are not failing if we're asking for help. Yes, yeah. Um, and yeah, surgery definitely taught me that. Like I couldn't, I couldn't walk. I couldn't drive. I had to rely on other people. And it, I was totally like, cool and great with that. I, I kind of was like, Oh, this is, you know, I'm saving a lot of gas money for example. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like you just, and people are willing to help. Mm-hmm. They want to help. Yeah. So yeah, I think that people are more willing to help than we think they are. And I think right. they're, I think just as women in general, as a whole, I think we are taking care of other people so much all the time that we forget to ask for help when we really need it. Um, and I think it is a skill to recognize that we need help, like you said, um, and, and ask for it. So in the interest of your time, is there anything else that you want to share to encourage the woman who's on a journey to finding health and balance from anxiety, from stress in food, body, mind, and soul? Um, yeah, I'd say honor and celebrate yourself. Mm. Um, this is something I... T- I try to always close my yoga classes with and, and remind my, anyone in my life. I think we can be very hard on ourselves and, um, we, we don't often take a moment to, to honor where we are, who we are to celebrate who we've become, what we've done in our life. Um, you know, acknowledging the relationships we have, celebrating our health, being grateful for these things. Um, we stress is inevitable. We're supposed to have a good amount of stress, but we're just at this point right now, societally where it's at an all time high, um, burnout is increasingly on the rise and, it starts with understanding that we are worthy enough to take care of ourselves, Mm -hmm. to put ourselves first. Um, And like we discussed, it does not have to be these big practices or events or conversations. It can simply be 30 seconds of breath. Um, It's finding what works for you, but really remembering like we are all worthy of feeling true happiness and joy and health within ourselves um, and honoring that and celebrating that because we we got here, we're here once. I mean, let's make mm-hmm. the most of it. Oh, I love it. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I have three final fun questions for you. Really yeah. quick. They're like rapid fire questions yeah, yeah. just to finish it off. I mean, really, that was like a mic drop. I should have ended it right there. But <laughs> these are fun questions I like to just ask yeah. my, my guests right at the end. What is your favorite thing to cook? Smoothies, I think, if that counts. Oh, totally. If that's your favorite. I love smoothies. So <laughs> that's awesome. So what is your favorite thing then to order or have someone else cook for you? Uh, I, I don't, this, this is the first thing that came to my mind. So salmon or anything like seafood. Mm. Um, yeah. Rhode Island girl. Yeah. Rhode Island girl. <laughs> I love seafood too. So we talk a lot, um, on the healthy balance mama podcast and everything I do about finding your beautiful balance. So going beyond obsessing over food and exercising and finding nourishment and pleasure in food and in life, just like you were saying before, really honoring ourselves and celebrating our lives. So what does your beautiful balance mean to you? It means... I'm gonna. I have to use the word again. Honor um, mm. what you want in the moment in life. That could mean having the kale salad and the smoothie and the chocolate cake. It could mean having a glass of wine and going on a hike. Um, I think it's 
having a rhythm of the ebbs and flows in life and being able to kind of go with those tides that come up. It means not having to choose or keep something binary. Um, Living in balance just... I'm having such a hard time coming up with it, I guess. But, you know, I guess it's 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 not having to restrict ourselves in one thing or the other and just finding that peace and understanding that moment to moment or day to day, our peace it will change. Um, the things that bring us joy or happiness will probably change, but... Um, having the opportunities and the freedom to choose those things um, to bring yourself into balance. I think, I think that helps. I don't know if that was a clear cut, but no, I love that so much. Oh no. Thank you so much for your wisdom. And I think there were, there's so much value in everything you shared today from stress and anxiety to yoga. I think there's so many really practical tools that the women can take forward and use to manage their um manage their stress and anxiety and really and really find their beautiful balance so thank you so much thank you Kristen this is such an honor and such a pleasure so can you share where my listeners can find you so they can connect with you yes uh live well with Janelle on Instagram and on Facebook and my website livewellwithjanelle.com awesome Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you, Kristen. Friends, I hope you enjoyed this interview with Janelle so much. I had such a good time having a conversation with her. I really feel like Janelle and I are soul sisters in a way. We really, really connect, um, not just as we did as client and coach, but really um, as two humans who are on this journey of eating intuitively and finding our beautiful balance. And I think she's just done such an incredible job of integrating all of the different wellness practices that she's learned and developed over the last few years and really come to this really beautiful place of balance for herself and her life. And I so appreciated her approach to stress and breathing and anxiety and finding that place of freedom with food through a lot of these wellness tactics as well as working through um, her past struggles with food. So I really hope that you enjoyed this. I'm so grateful to have had her on. I really hope you'll go check out all of her stuff because she's pretty amazing. And as always, I just want to thank you so much for tuning in again to the Healthy Balanced Mama podcast. I truly hope that the interviews I share with you and the episodes that I record really help you find your beautiful balance and live healthy, happy, and whole. Thank you, friends, so much for listening to this episode of the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. I truly hope it encouraged and inspired you today to live a healthier life without restriction. If you enjoyed this podcast, would you do me a huge favor and give it a star rating and review in iTunes? Every rating, review, and subscribe helps this podcast be seen and heard by more women who need to hear it. You can find me, Kristen, on Instagram and Facebook at Healthy Mama Chris or on my website, HealthyMamaChris.com. And don't forget to join us in the newly launched Supermama Society, a monthly membership to help you tune in to your intuition and nourish yourself without restriction to live like the Supermama I know you are. As a reminder, the information and opinions on this podcast are intended for information and inspiration only and are not a substitute for professional medical advice or treatment. Please consult with your healthcare practitioner before making any changes. Have a beautiful day, friends.